From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, Power Vacuum. With Nick Saban gone from Alabama, can Mike Norvell and Florida State move one rung higher in the hierarchy of college football? Wild cards. Looking at these recent transfer portal prospects, do we really know what Florida State's got coming their way? Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, the website, all one word. Always hit the QR code on your screen. That'll take you right to the website. You can check out the lunch specials. You can also place your orders online to go. But we recommend hanging out there because it's a corner pocket bar and grill. You might see Corey Clark out there, but probably not during the lunch special time, which is why the lunch specials are there to lure you there in the early hours of the day. Only $8.99 from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for five chicken wings and French fries on a Wednesday, y'all. I mean, the best chicken wings on the market in the city. So... Hop all over it. Take advantage. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And don't forget, tomorrow is bingo night at the CP. Play, win, revel. Do it all. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. Warchant.com, your ultimate seminal sports source. Won't you leave a five-star rating and review either now or perhaps upon the conclusion of the show once we have earned such uh, lauds from, mm. is that a word? Lauds? I don't, I don't think so. It should be. All right. Well, we'll do it. Uh, and thumbs up if you're listening to us on YouTube, staring at them cartoons. Corey Clark in the house. Corey, we never talked about the fact, did, uh, did Caleb Downs and Brady ever hang out? I didn't realize Caleb Downs was a, was a Milk Creek product. Are they boys? It's, it's weird that the, the superstar high school senior football player didn't hang out with the freshman baseball player. Huh. But no, weirdly, somehow huh. their paths didn't cross. But he's got, you know, he's got some other kids in his class. Okay that are sophomores now, that by the time they're seniors might be big deals too, and I hope he's boys with all of them. All right. on. How are you, Corey, by the way? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, ho- I hope – I trust you're doing well. Yeah. Hey, real quick on Corner Pocket. Yes. I had – I didn't know they had this thing. Bill ordered them for us the other night. Bill uh, the proprietor. Cake. Bill the owner, yeah. He ordered funnel cake fries. Mm. Um, and I, you know me, I'm not a big sweets guy. Mm. And, you know, the body is a temple. I'm trying to get this thing, you know, Iron Man ready. So I don't like to partake in desserts really ever, uh, but man, it was hard not to eat those things. Okay, uh, they're okay. they're funnel cakes, like ch- cut into like fries, right. um, and then they got the dipping sauces. They got caramel, raspberry, Ooh. the sugary thing. It's it was really good, folks. If you're okay. a funnel cake fan, um, and I, I trust that you all are, uh, order those the next time you're in Quarter Pocket. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I think the state fair is not too far away. Yeah, back that's what Stephanie home, so. said. It sounded like it was state fair quality. Okay, All so right. I like it. So, hey, where's the finish line on this fitness journey of yours? Is it just TBD, just going to keep going, or is there like a finish line where you're like, all right, if I can lift this, or if I see all six of my abs on Groundhog Day? That's a like- big one. That's a bit, and I see them, but again, I have to like really kind of flex my stomach to see them. I want it to be like where I'm just. And shirtless no having like a con- no like- I think some people are like they could be shirtless just having a conversation and you see all the abs that's not happening with me you know I was thinking about it today Aslan uh, well today you know before we record the show at Orange Theory I did a 50 minute tread workout 
which is basically 35 Jeez. minutes of just straight running. And I ran essentially five miles. How's your heel? Yeah. Is your heel better than the I The heel assume? is better. Yeah, okay. the heel is better so I can run again. So I, I did like five miles at around 35, 38 minutes, something like that. Jeez, boy. Which is a good pace, really right? good, man. And then I'm like, do I want to take this to the next step and be one of those psychopaths <laughs> that you see on the road training for marathons <laughs> and half marathons like the great Tom Lang's uh, wife, Jamie? And I don't think I do. Okay. That's not my next step because I don't want to live that life. Because I think if I try to do that, I'm going to train and I'm going to try to run a half marathon and then a marathon. Mm. And that's no way to live. Yeah. It's just no way to live. Nothing about that seems appealing. I like being in good shape, but I think it's just this. Maybe it's just this, this in perpetuity. All just right. maintain. Well, maintain is what I want to do. Everything in moderation, man. So as long as it's sustainable, um, yeah. that's all not that really matters. Too much man. pain. Yeah. I'm old, so I am in some pain, but not too much. All right. Well, we're down to about three weeks now, I guess we'll call it. Instead of two days, we're down about three weeks. We'll, we'll start to try to effort to get some interviews in the pipeline that way. Oh, I thought you were talking it. about the wedding. Maybe maybe the wedding is because the wedding is March 2nd. Okay. And maybe that's when I just say, see you, gang. I'm not yeah. doing this anymore. Yeah, that's that's like what? It's like a, it's a ruse. You just like pulled the switcheroo on Steph then. She thought she was signing up for something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then... Oh, I don't do that, buddy. I feel like Steph has traded up in the last two and a half years from what she had to look at okay. uh, back during COVID times. Holy moly. Those videos, folks, go look at what beast I look like doing There's those videos. a lot videos. of beast things are happening. Holy you know? moly. Um, yeah, I think you know, it's, it's crazy because that's the way I, I met you. So, like, that's like the default setting. But, like, yeah. this looks natural to me. Like, when I see you, I'm like, I didn't think you looked unhealthy then, but juxtapose i'm like all right man he's definitely gone in the right direction here so yeah yeah thank you aslan that means a lot yeah hope everybody's uh sticking to their resolutions and such uh but yeah we'll try to get some interviews lined up for the shows so that we don't bother with what about uh, i was thinking about that what about uh brian brian pinsky all right yeah he's we worthy. haven't talked to him uh since they won the championship and i mean uh we would have normally but literally his team won a championship one day after the biggest snub a college football team has ever experienced and it would have felt a little disingenuous to act I mean I was excited and it was a great team but obviously the thing that was dominating our thoughts wasn't women's soccer at that time but now there were a five six weeks removed uh, I think it'd be a good time to have him on and talk about that season because that was an all-time season and they've hit the portal well too Oh, yeah. Speaking of the transfer portal and how good it's been to Florida State. What about Jordan Travis, our guy Mark in the mailbag that didn't make it to air last week because we were uh, speculating for an hour about the future of the head football coach, was wondering right. what he's up to. So, I mean, he was he was saying that maybe, like, could Jordan come back and be a GA while he gets himself healthy and then make a run for the league, I guess, next year? But just, like, I don't, I don't know if you can balance both. I mean, as a GA, like, you're – you're grinding, man. You're you're doing everything a coach does and at like a quarter of the pay. So I don't I don't know if you can balance both of those things. But you know, I certainly then, am curious to see what he's up to. I know he's going to that, that shrine bowl, but he'll yeah. probably use that as an opportunity to hone on his interview skills with these uh personnel folks. Yeah, and I I don't know if he would go to I mean, I'm sure he would go to the combine. I don't know that he would be in any position to go through any drills other than like the bench press. No. I guess he could throw a little. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it with something with with, with an injury like that. But I don't think it's something from what I've heard, I don't think it's something that he's out for two years. Oh, no. Like, no. I, I think he will be healthy enough for uh, summer OTAs okay. if he's on a foot if he's on an NFL football team, which I fully expect him to be on in some capacity. Don't know when he'd be drafted. Don't know by who. But I absolutely think he'd be invited to a camp, even if he's not drafted. And I, I think he should be drafted. I mean, good grief. Look at some of the quarterbacks in this league. 
Um, uh, so, so yeah. With that said, that is a uh, he'd be a good person to talk to just about an update on where he's where what where he is health wise and what his timetable is for like a full recovery. Yeah, let's try to find who's that. Easton Stick. Yeah, I mean, come on, the guy with the Raiders, Aiden Chargers, Chargers. Oh yeah, no, Aiden, but Aiden O'Connell, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, O'Connell yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Flacco, <laughs> old ass, just throwing playoff games. Wasn't happy with that. Wasn't happy with that, Joe Flacco. Too soon, too soon. All right, well, I had a thought about this, Corey. Um, You know, I guess as as the dust settles on what happened in Alabama and then having moved on from Nick Saban's retirement and hiring Kalen DeBoer, who continues to put together his staff, you know, part of me, I think we were just so caught up and, and frazzled, more or less, by thinking about what possibly could happen if Mike were to leave. He has not, obviously. Uh, there's a vacuum now that has to be filled out there. And I kind of don't want to say surrendered, but I kind of probably conceded that Kirby was mainly going to fill that power vacuum in that conference in this part of the country and in this sport. Uh, I mean, he pulled Travaris Robinson away from Bama. He's their co-defensive coordinator. They moved Muschamp to a off-the-field role. He still has Glenn Schumann. I mean, it's just... It's a, an embarrassment of riches of what he's got going on over there. But but seeing what Florida State's been able to do, they got the linebacker commit that flipped. Or not yeah. flipped, but the, the commit that came in the portal at a position of need. Uh, there was a defensive end uh, from Cocoa Beach that flipped the high school prospect. How much you know? now can we kind of look forward and ahead now to the fact that that program was the it program because of that coach? Not so much the colors or that logo or the elephant or the rotad. But it was that guy, and with him not being there, Florida State and Mike Norvell have a legitimate shot at pulling away some of the real elite pieces in this part of the country that would consider heavily going to Alabama. How much wide open is everything now with him being gone, Nick Saban? It wasn't that kid. Uh, isn't he? Fr- is he from Alabama? I know he was committed to Alabama, the defensive end. Um uh, that was from Cocoa Beach, the high school kid or the Sean Murphy? Oh, yeah, 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 he is. I'm sorry, I just yeah. looked him up. He is from Cocoa Beach. But he was committed to Alabama, right? right now right, he's, right. Um, uh, Yeah, man, I, I think we we won't really be able to appreciate what Alabama I, – I think years removed, five, six years removed from it, we'll see what a just unprecedented juggernaut that was. We're like, you weren't – other than Jameis, you weren't really going into that state and getting big-time players. Now Jameis was a big one, but you're not. You, that wasn't something that anybody did, and they always, always, always were top two or three in the country in recruiting. And they always, every signing class had what? Aslan, would you guess eight to ten NFL players? Yeah, Multiple first round picks. Mm-hmm. Every single signing class. It was just unprecedented what they were doing. Um, so much so that the guys leave there and they become like backups. Leave Alabama and they're really, really wanted players and commodities. Florida State's got five of them. Um, and the, none of those five were starters, right? I don't think. No. But they're, they're all at Florida State now, which if you guys have checked, it's a pretty good program. That's how good Alabama has been. Their backups have been incredible. They've usually been young and unproven, but you knew they were going to be incredible. And they just – it was like it was like a, a production factory of NFL football players. Like the two corners – Aren't they both going to be first-round picks? 
Oh, McKinstry and um, our guy Terry Terry Arnold, Arnold, the kid from Tallahassee. I mean, well, I mean, they're I think they're like top five at their positions. You know, so you, you know what I mean. Caleb Downs might be the best of all of them. He's a freshman. By the way, we got to talk about that in a second. Um, just him right. and what that could maybe mean for Florida State. But like all, it's just it really is. Yes, it does. It frees it up. It frees it up to make it where they won't just. Like Georgia, and we're talking Georgia. about defense too. But there's so many receivers that this great state of Florida has lost. Man, and how many did? What, I was wasn't Ridley from Florida? Yep. Amari Cooper was from Florida. Yep. Um, I mean, on Judy, and on and on. Judy from yeah. Florida. Uh, the French kid. I don't know where he's from. He actually just decommitted. Yep. Um, but he's a Florida State kid, I think, right? Or he's a Florida kid. I thought. yeah. He's from. I think he's from J somewhere in the Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Area. Yeah, yeah, and he's committed to Alabama. And it 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 didn't even. Nobody even batted an eye over the last 10 years when Alabama just came into whatever state you were in and just took the best players. Yeah. I don't think that's a reality anymore. Nope. They, now, it's still Alabama. I get it. But Alabama wasn't Alabama until Nick Saban took over because all these guys trusted him to get him to the league. They knew they couldn't go anywhere else in the country and be coached better than they were going to be coached at Alabama. Well, now they don't know that. Now that's completely up in the air. And it really does level the playing field. Where look, I think Georgia's probably taking over that mantle. They're going to be the Alabama, but it's just one of them. Like it, it, for the last five or six years, it's been Kirby and Nick. Yeah. Well, now it's just Kirby, and so that yeah, that frees up more. Like right now, I think they do have a uh, um, a, a decent chance at the French kid, right? The kid oh, that yeah. just decommitted. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Two F's in French, by the way. Correct. Uh, crazy, but it, it's there. Which one's uh, silent? The first or the second one? I don't give an F. That's hey, folks. If he comes to Florida State, you're gonna get a lot of that. You're gonna get a lot of that. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was two good jokes, by the way, back to back. That's why you get. That's why we get the big bucks. The, but yeah, so I, I think that two years ago, this kid, I'm like, yeah, he's committed to Alabama. He's in Jacksonville. I'm sure there'll be all this smoke and noise late November about him coming, maybe get, coming to Florida State to give a visit. He still likes what he sees in Tallahassee. But we all would have known. Yeah, man, he's going to he's going to Florida, he's going to Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, now you don't know that. Now that's not a guarantee. Just like if this if this flip had happened with the defensive end from Cocoa Beach that just flipped on Tuesday, big get, man, four or five star kid, uh, one of the best defensive ends in the country. Um, if he had done this flip in 2021, I'd be like, okay, sure, I give it about a 10 percent chance of it actually going through. If Alabama wants a kid, typically Alabama gets a kid. Don't don't see that happening so much with Kalen DeBoer. I don't know that his name carries that weight. That Nick, in fact, I do know it doesn't. Uh, that, that Nick Saban's did. So yeah, man, I, I think it does. All Florida State fans, it, it should make high school recruiting a lot more fun and fair. You got a real chance at some of these guys. Javion Hilson, by the way, the name of the uh, player that we're discussing from uh, Coco. That's a 2025 four-star edge player that flipped from Bama. So I think he's a five-star in some services. Okay, right. uh, but he's yeah, he's in, in the number two player in the at this position in some services. For on three, he's a high four-star. That's the number three defensive end in the country, and the number 33 player overall, which is you know very good. Solomon Thomas uh, is a uh, the number 29 player overall. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I know. I'm not going to tell anybody to ever get over the snub. I mean, you'll always remember that, but at a certain point we have to kind of look forward to the upcoming season and, and what's here. Um, I just feel like, you know, if, if you can kind of try to move past that a little bit, um, 
and you just look around the country right now, Corey, again, who knows how Alabama is going to shake out LSU under Brian Kelly. Hasn't exactly been a, you know, a dominant powerhouse. I mean, they're still a respectable program. Uh, you're, you're seeing Florida spinning their wheels. I don't know what was going on in games of the last 72 hours. Corey, do they think they were going to get jet fish or something? There's a lot of people upset that Jed Fish left Arizona to go to Washington. Like, I don't know if Florida fans thought they were going to somehow make some weird, bizarre. I think I think they thought when Napier inevitably gets fired next year, this is their thought process, I oh. think, that Jed Fish would have been a guy they would have gone after because he's a UF alum. Oh, uh, there we go. There we but go. Uh, now that he just started at Washington, that's going to make it a lot harder to go get him. Eh, we'll see how that works out. But, I mean. Muschamp's available. Yeah, that's true. Florida State is just so well positioned with Mike Norvell right now. It's, I think there's a certain time where we, or a certain thing that we might want to see, like winning a national championship, but it's not fair to say that because he didn't get the opportunity, even though he probably right. deserved it. But man, like there, other than like Georgia, I don't, who else is better positioned right now than Florida State? I mean, maybe Texas is in that conversation. Michigan doesn't have Harbaugh. Maybe they have Harbaugh. Who knows how Ohio State's going to look with, you know, bringing a new quarterback and trying to go super heavy into their running game. Uh, it seems like they're trying to rip off the Michigan kind of blueprint. Uh, this is a really exciting time right now for Florida State, and this staff is just so well-positioned to take advantage of it. It's really exciting to think about what can happen here uh, when, when the next transfer portal window opens and just to kind of see the names that are floating out there when it comes to high school recruiting. Because like, to your point earlier, Corey, right, even if these 2025 kids commit now in January, February, when their sign day is in December, you feel pretty good they're going to stick with it. Right, I mean, the conditions are ripe here in Tallahassee to, to to stick by your word. Yeah, when you look at the on three rankings right now, I think Florida State has two of the top hundred. But I'm talking about the 2025 rankings, mm-hmm. two of the top hundred. But they're in the mix for like eight other guys. Uh, this is it, it's starting to feel kind of like old school Florida State. I know they didn't finish the way anybody wanted them to finish this past recruiting cycle, uh, losing Bolden um, and then the kid that went to the defensive end that went to Miami. Uh, hurt, I get it. But just look at the guys they're in on now. Not just the commits they're getting, the guys they're in real battles with. And that, you're right, Aslan, it's a really good point to bring up because, um, you know, yes, Georgia is far and away the best program in the country right now but because they don't have any instability. Um, you, you could say, well, what about Michigan? They just won the national championship. I get it, man. Georgia's lost once in three years, um, and it was a three-point game to Alabama. <laughs> a one-possession game. And their head coach isn't being rumored, didn't just interview with the Chargers. Um, so Michigan might be losing their head coach. And then you look at other, all the other um, big big boys in this in this sport. Ohio State, yes. The, uh, apparently all their guys are coming back other than Marvin Harrison. They've had a lot of draftable dudes decide to stick around uh, for one more year. That Michigan national title really r- riled up that fan base and that collective and a lot of their big-time players are sticking around. So Ohio State's in a good spot. Ryan Day has an incredible record. Ohio State, Georgia, and then I'm certainly not sitting here and saying Florida State is the third-best program in the country, complete, you know, totally, just because of what happened this past year. But Aslan makes a good point, man. You look at all the other teams that are traditionally in that conversation. LSU, like, that defense was a joke. That defense was an absolute joke, and they won nine games almost solely because they had a brilliant quarterback. Well, he ain't there anymore. So what do they look like this year? Clemson doesn't know the portal exists. So how good are they going to be? Like all these other – Michigan has its issues because they might not have a head coach. Auburn is always Auburn. Florida has Napier. 
Like Oklahoma the, lost their quarterback. Texas is in the mix with you right now, but yeah, Oklahoma. Eh. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say right now when you talk about stability, head coaching acumen, recruiting base, the way they're recruiting, because that's one thing we didn't know about Norvell, but I feel like he's starting to prove it more and more. Uh, the recruiting on the high school level, he's got a great brand to sell now, largely because of him. But but it is a brand now that people around the country know about and care about because of what's happened these last two two years of Florida State. Um, I get it. We I know who Bobby Bowden was. I'm just saying, he's he's now recruiting guys that weren't interested in Florida State five years ago. Um, that's a you're right, man. I I would I would say there's Georgia and Ohio State are in better position. And other than that, maybe Texas, maybe Texas, Texas. maybe Texas. Yeah. But other than that, and I think that's debatable, and I think everybody else you would throw into that conversation is absolutely debatable. Oregon, very good coach, good program. Are they Three ever going to have zones a, away. But are they ever going to – yeah, for recruiting purposes, right, but also just in the overall power structure of the, of the football, are they ever going to be a national championship caliber program? Is there enough line of scrimmage talent on the West Coast that Oregon could win a national championship anytime soon? I, I don't know that. Florida State, there's a lot of really good linemen in the South. Um, so, yeah, I, I think when you talk about location, coach, uh, recent history, the stability of the program, uh, yeah, they're – Feels good, use man. This, Feels use good. this well. Utilize this window well because you don't know how long this window is going to be wide open like this. Use it because they are – you're right. They're a top five program right now uh, in the way they're recruiting, uh, the way they're portaling. Uh, they should be uh, a top-five program for the foreseeable future. VitaminEnergy.com's offering up the promo code WarchantBogo. That's Warchant, B-O-G-O. You buy one, you get one free. Vitamin Energy, the world's first and only clinically tested, clinically proven energy shot that's out there on the market. 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine. That's what it does, everybody. Simple as that. Just a lot of good old-fashioned natural caffeine packed in here. No GMO stuff, no sugar, None of the bad stuff, all the good stuff, including things like the Mood Plus, which has several extracts in here, including lemon balm, passion flower, as well as valerian root. Can't go wrong with all that. How won't your mood be boosted with all that circulating in your bloodstream, y'all? Vimeenergy.com, led by some Florida State alums. They're hooking you up with that promo code, WarChamp, BOGO, B-O-G-O. So give it a shot. They've got variety packs that includes the Mood Plus, the Focus Plus, the Immune Plus. It's incredible. You can try them all in one convenient box. And you're going to get one for free when you use the promo code Corey. Warchant BOGO. That's right. Not as much energy in Corey in that one, but it's okay. Sorry, I was looking up something. Good. Warchant BOGO. <laughs> there we go. Second segment. It's going to be fire when we're coming back after this one. Check it out. VitaminEnergy.com. Promo code Warchant BOGO. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com. So, speaking of Alabama, Corey, Sean Murphy was the linebacker that Florida State was able to get out of the portal uh, from Virginia. 6'2", 225 is what he's listed out as. Uh, played in three games this past season, only 18 snaps. But uh, I guess you're just thinking with the excitement that Norvell has for him coming to the program with his tweets, although I guess everybody gets the tweets. But, hey, they've they've been recruiting good players, so those, those tweets do feel authentic in their excitement. Uh, you know, I don't know how we – kind of project the, the Lundy loss, the Lundy regain or what have you. But uh, again, when you, you got a guy from that program uh, mm. that probably was waiting his turn. I mean, listen, they've, they've had talented linebackers there playing ahead of him. He probably was going to be able to kind of compete for some, some more significant playing time. It just kind of seems to fit the mold of what Florida State's been going after a guy that, 
Comes from a strong program, has a lot of years left. Or not a lot of years left, but he's not just a one-year rental. Uh, seems like a good fit for what Florida State obviously needs, especially at the linebacker spot. Yeah, there's a column I wrote that's on the website as people are listening to this, kind of about this very thing, like that not just that they now have five guys from Alabama, which is crazy. I, it, it feels like a, uh, you know, kind of a needle to the eye a little bit. Like, oh, y'all stole our little playoff spot. Okay, well, good luck fielding a team. We're going to take all your players, um, all your depth pieces that you were counting on. But, like, I think last year it seemed to me, Aslan, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I am, they got a lot more known commodities in the portal. Mm. They got Braden Fisk. Now, we didn't know Braden Fisk was going to be that dude, but we knew he was going to be a starter caliber player because he had been really good at Western Michigan. He was an older guy. He was coming in. He was he was going to be somebody that contributed and was a good college football player. That had been proven. Even at that level, it, you could project, okay, that plays in the ACC, clearly. Um, obviously, you uh, know, Keon Cypress, Coleman, Ventrell Cypress. Yeah. Jeremiah Byers was a proven college football player. Casey Roddick was a proven college football player. Jaheim Bell. All these guys were proven. There aren't a, It feels like this particular portal class is a lot more kind of unproven but high upside guys. Hmm. Like, I feel like I don't know if it's a shift in philosophy or you just go after the best player available. But, like, you know, the Sean Murphy kid has played 34 snaps in his career. Aslan mentioned he played 18 snaps this past year. He played 16 snaps the year before. So he's completely unproven. Blake Nicholson has played more college football than Sean Murphy has. But Sean Murphy was a high four-star kid coming out of high school. He has the measurables, and he's been at Alabama for two years playing behind some very good players. He might be ready to take off. And getting some really good coaching. Really Just good like, coaching. well, right, just like Earl Little yeah. might really be ready to take off. And the kid from West Virginia, who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name right now, they, these are guys that are highly unproven, mostly unproven, I should say, in, in, in uh, the linebacker's case, completely unproven. But the upside, the potential, is what's, to me, so exciting. Like, you know, we, know what, we knew what Cyprus was. Pretty good corner. We have no idea what Malik Benson is. Or Jalen Brown, the two wide receivers, one from Alabama, one from LSU. They, I mean, Malik Benson played the whole year, but he had 13 catches playing with a bad quarterback or not a, like, just not a very accurate thrower of the football. Not a great p passing offense. There you know. go. Right. So we have no idea what he can be, really, just like we have no idea what Jalen Brown can be. We had all the idea of what Keon Coleman could be. Mm. So the, it, it, I'm not, in a, it, weirdly, as much like Braden Fisk and Keon Coleman were stars. And all the other guys were good portal entries too, or most of them were. But I just, I'm almost more excited about this one because of the unknown. Because I do think maybe the ceiling on this portal class is higher. Like, what if Earl Little ends up being a first round pick? Or Marvin Jones ends up being an incredible defensive end? Like, there's just so much, it seems like it's so untapped. Casey Roddick had been tapped for four years, Jeremiah Byers had started 38 something, 38 games. You know, Brayden Fisk had played college football for four years. Cypress had played, started for two. They, we all knew what they were. These guys, they're so they're like wild cards. A lot of them. Now, the kid coming from Florida, the offensive lineman, isn't. No. Um, the defensive lineman from Colorado State, we know what he is. The running back from Alabama, he's a senior. We know what he is. But so many of these other guys really do feel like wild card. 
and I and I equated it to like a home run swing. Like the kid from Colorado State. Let's say he's that's like a that's like a double. That's like a that's like uh, when you're talking about taking a swing in a baseball game, you're making a contact swing there. You're just trying to put the ball in play, give us somebody that can contribute, a solid contributor, a rotation piece. Marvin Jones is a swing for the fences. Mm. You know, Earl Little is a swing for the fences. They might be home run transfers, not just a single or a bloop a bloop double. These might be grand slam home run portal guys like Keon, like Verse, like Fiskwer. That's what makes it so exciting to me is there's so much unknown about who they are. Yeah. Question on that, though, is like, so, I mean, you, you call them wild cards, uh, like, like in an endearing way here. We're not saying like they're, you know, the wild, your, your buddy after five beers. Right. The strip yeah. back in 98, everybody. Like Jeff Cameron is an absolute wild card. <laughs> but what, what part of the, like, break down the pie chart for him that, that makes you say that, like, as a, as, a, as a good and exciting thing? Is it because they've come from good programs? Is it because of the measurables? Is it because of the the track record, whether it's evaluation or development of this of this coaching staff? Well, so with the West Virginia kid, it is the production he had in limited uh, limited opportunities. Like that excites me. Like him playing a full year equates to, and he played in a real conference. That equate if he was getting full starter reps, he would have had eight or nine or ten sacks. Like that excites me. And he's young. He's a redshirt freshman. Marvin Jones and the five Alabama kids, yeah, it's probably because of the program they're coming from. Like, Nick Saban doesn't make a ton of mistakes when it comes to identifying guys he wants on his roster. And he wanted all five of those guys. Um, and, and I think, the you know, some of them, I think, not all of them, they're not all going to be home runs. You're gonna, that's the thing. That was the other point of that analogy. You're going to strike out on a few of these. Right. You're taking huge swings, and you miss at some of those. But man, when you connect, they go 500 feet. And I and I think that uh, I, I I think it's because of the programs they're coming from. Same thing with the kid from LSU. That I that I, that's what excites you. They were top hundred kids very recently. They were big time talents. They were recruited by everybody. Those t- guys typically, the high four star guys, the top hundred guys, they're typically not bust busts. They might not end up being stars, but their floors are usually pretty are a lot higher than the typical three-star guys that, quite frankly, were on this roster. A lot of those guys are on that roster. I think, you know, I just think that this kid coming from Alabama, and I, I hope I hope Omar Graham proves me a thousand percent wrong, and they're both awesome players. I trust this kid who spent two years at Alabama, being an end up being a better player in 2024 than Omar Graham at linebacker. I could be wrong. In fact, I hope I'm wrong. Omar Graham's a knoll through and through. Mm. But you see, that's kind of the point I'm making. And I, and I expect Earl Little to be better than – is Greedy Vance still even on the team? I forget if he has eligibility left. He played in the Orange Bowl. I think he is. I'll, I'll, I feel like Earl Little, Earl Little's upside is more than Greedy Vance's. And Greedy Vance has had a nice career here. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's just the fact of where, where they were when they were coming out of high school, who – who all was recruiting them? It wasn't like Alabama beat out uh, Georgia Southern in Maine for their, their services. Everybody in the country wanted these guys for a reason. And sometimes it takes guys, as we all know, you're Florida State fans. You've seen guys that were big-time dudes that didn't really hit their stride until they were juniors. Demarcus Walker is a great example. Um, so, you know, that, that does happen a lot. And you're getting guys that were at Alabama and at Georgia and in really good programs. And I think, it again, it just raises the floor – the floor has already been raised, and the unknown is what makes it where you don't you don't know where the ceiling is. Mm. 
The ceiling could be lower than we think, but it also could be higher than we can imagine because be you don't know how good these guys are going to be. Yeah. Greedy Vance, Redshirt Jr. this past year. So, yeah, he's got one more. Okay, good. Like Greedy. There. And by the way, our guy from uh, West Virginia is Tomiwa Durojaye. So, Toe. So, we got to see if we can get some sort of NIL opportunity with him and Lawrence and a podiatrist. I'm thinking. There you go. Nice. Okay. So, that's what, that's what we do here, Wake Up Board Channel. Let's try to bring people together. Knowles helping Knowles. Uh, what was that thing about Caleb Downs before I forget to ask you about it, Corey? Is something cool? All right, so there's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of speculation in Georgia circles mm. and on Twitter. Um, Caleb Downs' uh, secondary coach just left for Alabama. You mentioned him. Travaris Robinson, yes. Yeah, he's the he was the co-DC. He's the DB's coach. He took over Muschamp's role because Muschamp left the program uh, to be closer to his to spend time with his family or something. Well, he's so, still part of the program. He's like an off the field. He's just taking. Yeah, the- but he left the on co- he left the coaching role. Okay, and right. so they replaced him with with Tavares Robinson, who's been at Alabama, who recruited Caleb Downs, and who coached Caleb Downs. Now, Caleb Downs, as Aslan mentioned, is from uh, Mill Creek High School in right essentially there. Buford, Georgia, Decula, Georgia. I don't know, maybe the address is uh, Hushton. Who knows? But it's it's thirty five minutes from Athens, so. There's a lot of Georgia fans that are thinking, well, Caleb Downs, the, his, he just lost his head coach, mm. and he lost his secondary coach. He might want to go to the school that's 30 minutes from his home. That's also, if you haven't checked lately, Caleb, pretty good at football too. And if he does that, which is a possibility, I'm not saying it's a probability, but it certainly seems like a possibility. Well, is K.J. Bolton cool with that? They play the same position, oh, okay. and Caleb Downs is only a sophomore. So that kind of guarantees that K.J. Bolden is – Caleb Downs only a sophomore going into this season. Kind of guarantees K.J. Bolden won't get on the field a ton until he's a junior. And last time I checked, Florida State could still use a five-star safety on their roster. Just, hey, dominoes, baby. Okay. Let's see. The the dominoes falling, I'm just saying, could be something to look out for. That's all. I've never heard of that town you you said – uh, two minutes ago, Houston is that Houston? It's pronounced Houston, but it's H O S C H T O N. That is the the physical address for Mill Creek High School, forty four hundred Brazelton Highway. Mm, uh, yep. Wow, thirty eight hundred kids at that school. Thirty eight hundred, and buddy, when Brady was a freshman, it was like forty nine hundred. They got some relief because they opened up another high school. Finally, it was the third biggest high school in the country. Wow, people it around the more, world. They're more people to than uh, Wake Forest. <laughs> it had a, it, it literally did. It had a higher enrollment than Wake Forest. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm behind that. I, just, I, I don't know how much that would deter. Hey, that is kid, pure but it's a possibility, though. Yeah. It's I know, I know, we're pure not speculation. Right. I don't know either right. one of those dudes. Yeah. Brady is not boys with Caleb Downs, so I don't have any inside knowledge. I just, it, it, it would make sense if Caleb Downs was like, you know what? I think I might go play for my home state team, especially since I don't have any connections here to this current staff. Uh, but I also think Alabama might cough up some money to make sure Caleb Downs stays. That's a possibility too. So we'll see. Yeah, they um, they've got it right. They they've definitely have to. And I and I th- I think Kirby would do whatever he would have to do to keep both those guys around and happy. Although I don't know maybe he's like, hey, whatever, leave, go ahead. I'm fine. I've got Caleb Downs now. Good luck to you, young gentleman. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it goes there. Oh, we'll also see how things go this weekend as the second round of the NFL playoffs continue on. MyBookie.ag's got you covered. Use the promo code WordChant for an instant cash deposit bonus. I'm glad I didn't give out winners uh, because all mine were losers this past week. So uh, maybe we'll lean on Corey a little bit. Although I, I want to take the Niners. 
I'll give out nine and a half. Just feels like I don't know the, the Packers being the Cowboys probably got everybody a little too excited. And I kind of like the Lions. I'll give out six and a half to the hometown Bucks. Uh, can't root against the Lions, really, can you? Uh, Ravens giving out nine to the Texans. I kind of like that one, too. The only one that's really scary is the Bills and the Chiefs, Corey, so I'll lean on you here. Chiefs on the road for the first time in 17 years, it seems, in the playoffs. Uh, they're getting two and a half against Josh Allen and the Bills. 46 points, the total. Thoughts? You know, I think it, they said it's the first road playoff game of Mahomes' career. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy yeah. on a number of levels. Clearly, he's been pretty good in the regular season that they never have to go on the road. Um, I don't think he's going to shrink in the moment, though. You know what I mean? I just okay. – the Chiefs have been weird all season. The offense has not been very good. Um, but I just – and I think Josh Allen is a very good player. But when it comes to Mahomes versus Allen in a spot like that, it's hard to bet against Mahomes. Hmm. So I'll take the points. There you go, everybody. MyBookie.ag. Again, promo code is WarChant. Promo requires $50 minimum deposit and rollover requirement of one time. The deposit total, including your bonus for withdrawal. For full terms and conditions, visit MyBookie.ag slash about dash us. I hate to go out on a somber note here as we uh, wrap up the program, but this you know, came across as we were recording and uh, certainly worth talking about because of the impact this man has had um, on so many people for such a long time. Uh, in such a profound way, but the uh, shout out to the animals of section B on their uh, Twitter account uh, tweeted out on Tuesday afternoon to all of uh, our FSU baseball family just spoke with Carol Martin and wanted to share that 11 is now on hospice care. This is merely a request for prayers and love for the Martin family. We love you. 11 go Knowles. Um, obviously 11, Mike Martin, senior longtime head coach of the Florida State baseball team, Carol Martin, his lovely wife, um, just in a, such a difficult thing uh, for that femme to have to go through right now. Um, I'm not good at talking about these kind of things, Corey, but um, I don't know if just you hear people talk about, you know, certain coaches talk about players and, oh, he's such a great player, but he's an even better person. And, you know, sometimes you're just like, ah, really? Uh, but it just feels like when you think about Mike Martin in a, in a short amount of time and on the very surface level that I've known him, but just talking to people that have obviously uh, been around him for so long, uh, he seems to kind of fit that bill of just like you know, great guy, great coach, but even better person. Yeah, it's my relationship with he, with him was a unique one. It, first off, before I even say anything about this, and um, man, I, I can't stress how valuable and appreciated and loved hospice workers are. Mm. I mean, you talk about doing like the Lord's work, doing just sacrificing your lives for the for the help and comfort, the comfort of other people. You know, we luckily, well, I shouldn't say luckily, my dad just passed away of a heart attack. He wasn't in hospice, but I haven't had a close family member go through hospice care, but I know so many people that have, and those people are absolute angels on earth. They are saints. Amen. And I just wanted to give a shout out to those people because that is a thankless job, and it is a wonderful job, and it's got to be heart-wrenching, but those aren't normal people that do that job. That is a special type of person that works in hospice care. So shout out to them first and foremost. Well, maybe not foremost, but first. And then my relationship with Eleven was unique because, you know, I grew up a Florida State fan, clearly. But, I, you know, obviously I was living in Atlanta. I was dialed into the baseball team a little bit. But I was obviously much more of a football fan. And I liked Mike Martin as a coach. 
But, you know, I was also one of those people that's like, yeah, he's never going to win the big one. What, what, why can't he win out in Omaha? Mm. And then I moved to Tallahassee and started covering the program, essentially Busters last year, so 2008. And we became, like, legitimate friends. Like, friends. Like, he, he introduced me one time to a group of people um, that I'll never forget. He just introduced me as this, this – he didn't say, hey, this is Corey from – I don't know if I was working for the Democrat or Warchant at the time. He didn't say, hey, this is Corey from Warchant. He said, this is my friend Corey. And that, I don't know why that touched me the way it did, but it just did because he was larger than life for me growing up, and then he was somebody I covered. But I think he appreciated my sarcasm and my sense of – in fact, I know he did – and my sense of humor. And he was just a good dude. He was a good person. He loved to talk about any – I want this to be known about him. He was not just a baseball fan or a Florida State baseball. He was not just enveloped in that world. He would talk to us as much about the basketball team and what he was seeing there, he you know he'd, he'd be complaining because the game started at nine o'clock. He's like, yeah, to get to bed at eleven thirty. But he would watch all the basketball games. I saw him multiple times watching the golf team um, play play tournaments. He was a Florida State man through and through, and a huge Seminole and a huge lover of the university. He really was. He just you could tell every time he talked about the university how much he appreciated it. And you know. I also know I talked to him off the record a lot of times, and that was not just for the cameras. He really did just a pre. He loved, loved, loved uh, the university, and uh, very sad. He's, you know, I, it was obviously sad when Bobby Bowden died. Um, but I didn't. I, I covered Bobby Bowden for a few years, but I didn't know him. I didn't know him. Uh, I knew Mike Martin. I know Mike Martin. Sorry, I should put it that way. And uh, and that's a it's a sad one, man. That hits me kind of hard because he had such a big personality. That laugh, that smile, um, is he was always gracious in defeat. Just a, a really, really good person and such a great ambassador uh, for the university. It's hard. I can't. My words can't do that guy justice. But uh, I'm, I'm trying my best, folks. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's very, very sad. But what a life, man! What a life that guy got to. He got to live his dream for almost four decades and won all those games, Aslan. Two, over like, 2,000 games. Like 2,100. I mean, it's nuts how many games he won. It's insanity. Um, so, yeah, man, that's just a, a, a real – Aslan said it right. A, a great coach, obviously, but so warm and caring and, and nice, to, at least when I saw him. I know some players that he played for him would say differently because he was a red ass at times, especially in the 80s and 90s, man. He wanted to win. He's a That was another thing. He was very, very, very competitive. But he also, off the field – would stop for anyone and say hello, would always offer a smile, would always shake hands. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's just a, a really uh, a really good man. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for, uh, for sharing that, Cork, because surely my words uh, would not have been able to do justice uh, for 11. So, yeah, if you're uh, the, the praying kind, uh, the Martin family could certainly use that in this, uh, in this time. So uh, shout out. All right, that is then a wrap for us here today. Uh, as we said, we'll be doing these about three – days a week now with uh, things kind of tapering off but uh, maybe we'll jump back into it after a big win over the canes hopefully in basketball later tonight Corey. right fingers crossed is that a late one i don't want to i don't want to commit us to i a, think it's a seven o'clock okay all right. so not not too late yeah they right. hey make it five in a row boys let's go make it five in a row let's go and then we'll have a uh, a thread posted over on the travel council here in the next day or so for renegade express mailbag and we'll uh, we'll do that on thursday for your friday program and possibly a live recruiting show on Thursday. We'll have maybe some details about that trickle out over social media or over on the website, which you all should be subscribed to. Warchant.com.
All right, that's a wrap for us. I don't know if Jeff and Tom will be back. Uh, Jeff battling a bug. Uh, but if they are, 1 to 3 o'clock, the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 FM in Tallahassee, as well as War Chant TV. Yeah, there was no headlines. There was no similar headlines on Tuesday because Jeff has uh, some sort of bug. We'll see if we do one later this week or we oh. might just push it back till next week. We'll see. We'll okay. see how it goes. Nice. Look at that. Maybe, yeah, so what, that or coach speak, you got to give the people something, right? That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Right. We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, though, everything you want over at warchant.com, including all the recruiting coverage from Michael Langson and Matt Lassare. So check it all out. Hit the thumbs up, five-star rating review. We certainly would appreciate it. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.